People of real substance are hard to find today. Many are content walking around in shallow places, chasing after fame, fortune, and decadent pleasure. Even the church can be a difficult place to find real substance. Some people of faith prefer the shadowy places of legalism, mysticism, and asceticism. But the real substance of your faith cannot be found in rules and rituals. So don't let anybody judge your spirituality by elevating law above grace, or by declaring you unworthy to enter the holy presence of God, or by enslaving you with extreme measures of self-denial. The real substance of your faith is not found in shadows, but in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Is your faith in Christ steadily growing? Or has it become stale and stagnant? Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by. Today, Ron wants to help you get out of the shallow end of the faith pool so that you can dive into the deep waters of your relationship with Christ. Along the way, he'll share some of the obstacles to genuine spiritual growth. Stay with us now as we continue our journey through the book of Colossians or visit somethinggoodradio.org and listen on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Colossians, Jesus is Greater Than. Here's Ron with this Something Good Radio message, The Real Substance of Your Faith. You know, people of uh, real substance are hard to find today, are they not? Uh, there are plenty of people, present company hopefully accepted, plenty of people today who are content sort of uh, splashing around in uh, the shallow end of life, uh, splashing around uh, pursuing things like um, uh, you know, money and, and power and uh, uh, decadent pleasure and things of that nature. Splashing around in, in what I would call a, a meaningless existence. I, I say that only because if you have any doubts about whether the pursuits of such things are meaningless, just ask a guy named Solomon who had all of that and then some. And he um, found it to be wanting. He wrote a book in the Old Testament known as Ecclesiastes. And he said, meaningless, meaningless, vanity, vanity, such as the person who splashes around in the shallow end of life pursuing such things. I want to suggest to you uh, also that uh, social media has a way of inviting us into shallow things and shallow places. I have nothing against social media. I'm all over it myself. I hope you follow me on Instagram and become my friend on Facebook, all right? How's that for a shameless plug? But at the same time, it invites us into um, shallow connections and replaces real human face-to-face -face connections with this digital illusion that we're all fascinated by. It's possible you're here this morning and you say you have faith in Jesus Christ, but you're also splashing around the shallow end. In the words of Kyle Eidelman, that you're not a true follower of Jesus, you're just his fan. 
You say, oh, yay, Jesus. You know, I, I just love Jesus. He's my hanging dude, and, and oh, I love his, his moral teachings, and I love it when I learn leadership principles from the life of Jesus. You're not a true follower. You're just a fan. Or maybe your faith in Jesus Christ has devolved into the kinds of religious practices that threatened a church 2,000 years ago in a place called Colossae. I'm talking about the kinds of practices that still inflate the ego and make a person content with his or her self-righteousness. And these are the kinds of practices that the Apostle Paul goes after in his letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verses 16 through 23. In fact, I find three, no less than three threats to the real substance of our faith that Paul highlights in these verses. What do I mean by the real substance of our faith? That's the title of today's message, and I think that's the essence of what Paul's getting at here in this text. Well, let me, let me set the course here before I get to the threats by just a couple of statements. First of all, the real substance of your faith grows in a community that offers real conversations about real faith. I hope that describes this faith community that you and I are a part of called Atlantic Shores Baptist Church, that we can... We can get at the real substance of our faith because it's a safe place to have real conversations about real matters of faith. Uh, you don't have to walk in here feeling like, oh, you got to have a spiritual PhD in any way to, you know. No, you can, you can get connected. You can ask real questions. Uh, we're engaged in real conversations about our faith. Secondly, the real substance of your faith is not found in rules or rituals but in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Let me say that again because I think that's the big idea of what Paul's getting at in this section of his letter to the Colossians. The real substance of our faith is not defined by a list of rules that you keep so meticulously. It's not defined by some religious ritual that you practice, but it's defined by a real personal relationship with Jesus Christ by grace and through faith. Now let's talk about the threats to that, that real kind of faith. Uh, Paul addresses three of them in these verses. And the first threat to the real substance of your faith is what we call legalism. Legalism. Look at it in verses 16 and 17. Paul says, therefore let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Let's just stop right there. Paul is concerned that there were some false teachers that arrived in Colossae, and they were passing judgment on people. They were looking down their spiritual noses at them because, well, they didn't practice the same uh, dietary laws that they did. Uh, they didn't uh, pay attention to the same special days that they did. Uh, much of this and all of this probably rooted in the Old Testament law. And Paul says to the Colossians, don't let anybody judge you and judge the level of your spirituality uh, by these things. Uh, to say it more directly, let nobody judge your spirituality by elevating law over grace. And that's what the legalist does. Now, you may be wondering, what is legalism in the church? Well, Dr. Charles Ryrie in his book, Balancing the Christian Life, defines legalism this way. He says, it's a fleshly attitude that conforms to a code 
for the purpose of exalting yourself. We're going to find pride as a thread that runs through every one of these three threats to the real substance of our faith, and it's never more evident than in legalism. The person who has established an arbitrary, man-made list of rules that you and I are to live by, to check the box, so to speak, to measure our spirituality, and they walk around in pride looking down their spiritual noses at you and me and saying, I'm better than you are. And and that, that list of do's and don'ts is rather arbitrary. Uh, The legalist makes a a man-made list. He picks and chooses, often comes up with a list of external behaviors that are right or wrong for a Christian, a real spiritual Christian to participate in. If you're looking for examples of this, look no farther than the Pharisees. 2,000 years ago, the Pharisees had earned a Ph.D. in legalism. Uh, Some scholars estimate that they added some 600 laws or rules to the Mosaic law that was already in the Old Testament. They put rule upon rule upon rule and, 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 and basically ended up putting everybody and themselves in a spiritual straitjacket. And the people who kept the rules the best, those Pharisees, were considered uh, the most spiritual. Uh, legalism uh, rears its ugly head in every generation, threatens the real substance of our faith in every church. Now, this is not to say that the Christian life is absent of commandments that we're to obey. Jesus said in John chapter 14, if you love me, keep my commandments. But the legalist keeps not only the commandments of God, but his own superimposed list of do's and don'ts, not out of love for Jesus, but to earn his favor and and to feel more superior to somebody else. That's the, the attitude of the legalist. I remember when I was growing up in a church in Indiana, there was just the whiff of legalism in the church back then. And uh, I, I heard the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ there. There was no question about that. It was faithfully preached. But you know, underneath it all, there was just this little hint of here are some things you do and you don't do. Like, guys, don't let your hair grow past your ears. A real spiritual person had him. And that wasn't even the style back then. How do I know? You ought to see my my grade school pictures and my high school pictures and college. No, I I don't want to float those around. But, I mean, I I had longer hair. That was a style back then. But, no, no. If you went to the Christian school associated with the church, you couldn't get in unless you cut it up over the years because that's what a spiritual person did. It's those kinds of man-made things that have no connection to the Scriptures that the legalist loves his list of things to do and not do and places to go and not go. Uh, there's a, a version of this that I read about this week that, that's emerging. If it weren't true, it would almost be comical. Uh, a group of so-called Christian vegans are making a case for a vegetarian diet based on the dietary laws in the Old Testament, and they're suggesting that You know, a a real Christian, a spiritual Christian, ought to be a vegetarian. I'm just going to go on record as saying, I like a good steak once in a while, all right? And I'm sure a lot of you do as well. And there's nothing wrong with being a vegan or not a vegan. I mean, you you can be a vegan, and maybe there are some nutritional and some dietary uh, pluses in that for you. That's okay. But but don't, don't impose that on everybody else. 
and suggest that this is what a good Christian does. You see, Paul in his letter to the Colossians, he says, don't let anybody pass judgment on you on questions of food and drink. Some had brought in the dietary laws of the Old Testament and tried to do, insert them into the Colossian church. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more of Dr. Ron Jones' message, The Real Substance of Your Faith. If you're new to the program, we want you to know that all of Ron's messages are archived at our website, somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, use the Partner tab right at the top of the homepage to check out the 828 Club, a special group of people who partner with Ron so that he can continue to share these messages. Join the 828 Club from our website or give us a call at 757-276-1099. Again, that's 757-276-1099. Well, legalism is nothing new. It reared its ugly head long before the church began and we still find it in the church today. Here's Ron with the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, the real substance of your faith. He goes on to say, or with regard to a festival, or a new moon, or a Sabbath. Um, Think of a festival as a holiday. You go back into the Old Testament, Mosaic Law, there were certain festivals or holidays, certain cycles of the moon, even Sabbaths that they were to, to keep and to maintain as holy. And Paul says, don't let anybody judge your spirituality based on the keeping of some holiday. Can I say something that's going to make you maybe wake up a little bit this morning? And I don't want to be misunderstood here, but did you know that there is no obligation in Scripture for us to celebrate Christmas on December 25th or any other day of the year? There's nothing in the Bible that says, Thou shalt celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. Do I think that the Matthew account and the Luke account of the birth of Jesus is important for us to do? Absolutely. (laughs) Now, we're not canceling Christmas, okay? Please don't run out of here saying, you know, spreading the rumor that Pastor Ron is canceling Christmas. Of course not. There's nothing wrong with celebrating it. But imagine for a moment if we did cancel it. Do you know what some people would say? Oh, that isn't a real Christian church if they don't celebrate this particular holiday like this. That's much of hogwash. In fact, we might even be more biblical by saying, no, we're not going to draw special attention to that day, a festival, a new moon, a Sabbath day, or any special day. Again, we're not canceling Christmas. Don't go there, all right? I have no intention of that. I'm not seeding that out there. So please, if you suggest that I am, I'll deny it. I'll deny it wholeheartedly. I'll use my social media platform to say, no, Christmas is on this year. In fact, we have great plans for Christmas here at this church. Uh, Paul goes on to say in verse 17, these, these special diets and these special days are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance is of Christ. He's not interested in shadows. He's not interested in splashing around in the shallow waters of religiosity. He's interested in substance. Maybe this will help us understand this. In the Bible, Jesus Christ casts a long shadow over the the Old and New Testament. 
We obviously understand his presence in the New Testament, but he casts a long shadow into the Old Testament. To say it another way, every book of the Bible points to Jesus. Starting as early as Genesis chapter 3, you got the first introduction of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And every, the, the Bible's story is about the coming of the anointed one, the Messiah, the one who will uh, pay the penalty and atone for our sins through his shed blood upon the cross. And everything leading up to the birth, the life, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the New Testament, everything leading up to that is a shadow. It's a foreshadowing of things to come. So, for instance, when uh, Jesus came and he was starting his ministry around the age of 30, first thing he did was go see his, his friend and his cousin, John the Baptizer, and Jesus identified with us in his baptism. And do you remember what John said when Jesus walked up? He looked at a couple of his disciples and he says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's shadow language. Because what John was saying was, hey, fellow Jews, remember all that stuff in the Old Testament, the sacrificial system, the blood of bulls and goats, and the spotless little lamb? All of that was a foreshadowing of this and this person. He's now here. The reality is now here. This is the Lamb of God who will go to the cross and shed His blood, the perfect, sinless, spotless Lamb of God that was foreshadowed for all these centuries in the, in the Old Testament. He's now here. And what Paul is saying is, the real substance of your faith is not in the shadows. Let me say it another way. Is it easier to hug a shadow or to hug a real person who's physically standing in front of you? You know, if your spouse is in the military and he or she goes on deployment and you put a picture of that spouse up on your mantle or maybe by your bedside, are you content with the photograph? Or, or do you want your spouse to come back in flesh and blood? Well, the Old Testament was all shadows and foreshadowings and types and figures pointing us to the reality and the substance who is Jesus Christ. And Paul says, let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or all these special kinds of festivals and new moons and stuff. These were shadows. The reality is now here. And because the reality is here and because He went to the cross and died on, on the cross for our sins and shed His blood, guess what? That's why we don't have uh, a, a sacrifice of blood and bulls and goats here on Sunday morning. We don't need the shadow anymore. Legalism is all about shadows. Old shadows and new shadows, and it misses the substance of our faith. The first threat to the substance of your faith is legalism. I got to move on here. Second threat to the substance of your faith is mysticism. Now, let's move on here. In verse 18, Paul says, now, let no one disqualify you. Earlier, he said, let no one judge you. Now he uses uh, a different word to say a similar thing. He says, don't let them disqualify you. It's an athletic term here, the word disqualify. It's the picture of an umpire that might say, you're out of here. <laughs> it's one thing to feel uncomfortable in a legalistic church. You know, you don't measure up to their man-made, uh, self-imposed, prideful list of do's and don'ts. It's another thing for the mystic 
to say to you, you're out of here too because you don't measure up. He says, don't let anybody disqualify you. Insisting on, and then he drops in this word, asceticism. And I want you to park it right there. We're going to come back to it because he uses this word in verse 18 and again in verse 23. But he quickly moves on to descriptions of, of mysticism, insisting on worship of angels, going on in detail about visions, puffed up, there's pride, puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind, and not holding fast to the head. Who is the head but Jesus Christ, right? from whom the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with the growth that is from God. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he gave us the Holy Spirit to lead us in all truth. God may keep some things hidden, but he will freely give you wisdom and understanding to live out your faith and to fulfill your high calling in Christ Jesus. You're listening to Something Good Radio with Dr. Ron Jones. Today's message, The Real Substance of Your Faith, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Use the radio tab at the top of the homepage. That's somethinggoodradio.org. While you're there, be sure to check out a discipleship coaching experience developed by Dr. Ron Jones called Starting Point, a disciple's first steps. Look for Something Good courses at the top of the homepage when you visit somethinggoodradio.org. Is the Bible intimidating for you to read? Do you need someone to help guide you through God's Word? Hello, friend. I'm Ron Jones of Something Good Radio. The Bible is the best-selling book of all time, but let's face it. It can also be a challenge to read because it contains more than 600,000 words, two testaments, and 66 different books. But how does it all fit together? How do we clearly understand God's continuous story from Genesis to Revelation? That's why I wrote my new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Volume 1, based on the 39 books of the Old Testament, is now available, and I'd like to send you a copy. Here's Brian with details. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and 8 ebooks. To order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Well, Pastor Ron, I'm sure many of our listeners are looking forward to reading this important book. I know I am. Talk about some of the challenges you face as you put this project together and tell us why this two-volume book can be such a great resource for those listening right now. Brian, I knew the ultimate road trip through the Bible would be a pretty big challenge to write as a two-volume set, as challenging to write as the Bible is intimidating for some people to read. But it was truly a labor of love, as is reading God's Word from Genesis to Revelation. I'm hopeful that these resources will show the readers just how beautifully the whole of the Bible fits together into an inspired and unified love letter from God to every member of his creation. 
Thanks, Pastor Ron. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to order Volume 1 of this great resource for your gift of $30 or more. Or call our offices at 757-276-1099. And if you'd like, mail your check. Our address is P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. Don't let anybody judge your spirituality by elevating law over grace. Don't anybody, uh, let, let anybody declare you unworthy to walk into the holy presence of God because you're not as mystical as they are. And certainly do not let anybody enslave you with extreme measures of self-denial. Just be in a relationship with Jesus. It's personal, it's authentic, it's real, it's not a shadow or a foreshadowing. He really came. That's next time when Ron shares part two of his message, The Real Substance of Your Faith. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.